With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is a Rocket Room production. Hello and welcome. This is episode one of Talk the Plank, a Pittsburgh Pirates podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch. I'm the host of this new podcast, and uh, I'm very excited to talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates all season long. It might be a long season, but uh, we'll get through it together. Before I get started on today's episode, it's going to be a season preview. I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about myself. Like I said, I'm Nathan Hirsch. I am a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, have been for many, many years. Uh, Pittsburgh, born and raised, lived in the city for my whole life, went to college in the city, Duquesne University, go Dukes, and um, I've been there through a lot, maybe not a lot, maybe not as much as uh, the older Pirates fan, I'm 27, probably started following the team in about, at a, probably in about 2000 was the first season I uh, started following, so there's been a lot of pain. I remember um, all the old names, Pokey Reese, Brian Giles was my first ever favorite player, but uh, I'm here now. I've been at Bucks Dugout for about a year and a half writing, and I'm very excited to get this podcast started. Um, SB Nation's Buck Dugout, Talk the Plank on Locker Room right now, which is the app you're listening on if you're with us live. Thank you. Um, you'll be able to listen on all of the podcast platforms that you get your podcasts on, and um, it's going to be good. I'm excited. I'll just get I'll just get started. The Pirates are um, they're probably not going to be good this year. They're probably going to stink. Um, but I would say it's it's a good kind of stink. It's a fresh new stink, honestly. Over the past few years, you know, the Pirates, middle of the decade, 2013 to 15, that was their glory years in the Neil Huntington era, made the playoffs. But over the past few years, it's just been kind of stale. The team really hasn't gone anywhere, hadn't gone anywhere. And finally, in 2019, they uh, pulled the plug on Neil Huntington, Clint Hurdle, the whole lot. And now it's Ben Sherrington's era. And, um, you know, 2020 was obviously his first year, but I don't really count 2020 as anything, really. It was just a glorified spring training. But we're here now. It's 2020. It's new. It's fresh. I'm excited to see what what happens. And, um, yeah, just looking at the team. I mean, first and foremost, Cabrian Hayes is – He's the young star on this team. I'm excited to see what he can do. He's um, He was obviously great last season. He was their best player, and he probably is already their best player now. So um, 
I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm just looking at these comments. Uh, Carlos says, I'd rather watch the WNBA than the Pirates right now. Well, the WNBA is entertaining as well. So we could uh, we could watch both things. Uh, just looking, looking right now, though. I was just saying the. Basically, like I said, things got stale before and I'm excited to see how the Pirates are this season. You know, looking at the Vegas odds, they have them at 58 and a half wins over under. A lot of people are taking the under and um, that's fair, but it's just, I don't know. I think, I think they're going to be, they're going to surprise some people a little bit. And by surprise people, I think they have a chance at winning, you know, 65 or so games. Um but like I said, it's a new beginning. I'm excited to see what Ben Sherrington can do with this team. Um, you know, in the offseason, everything was – everyone was trading. They cleaned house. Josh Bell gone. Joe Musgrove gone. Jamison Tyon gone. Uh, we have a whole new plethora of prospects just looking at the list. Uh, let's just look at the Pirates prospect list now before we get to the actual team because – that's probably a little more exciting. Quinn Priester, uh, he's he's going to be the top guy after Hayes graduates prospect um, rankings. He'll graduate as an MLB player, obviously. Priester, he this offseason really um, he kind of t- he took the leap, and people were really excited about him. I'm excited about Nick Gonzalez, uh, first round pick last season. Middle infielder, infielder in general, he can rake. He had a home run in spring training the other day. His swing looks quick and compact and really good. Going down the list, Tanaj Thomas, O'Neill Cruz, uh, Swaggerty. These are some of the Huntington guys. But um, just looking, looking at the farm system as a whole, it's it's been there's there's been a lot of players added and. Um, Whenever you – sorry, I'm just getting used to this locker room app. Um, whenever you look at the prospects, I mean, it's – there's – the Pirates ripped it down. They ripped it down to the studs. They ripped down the um, the whole MLB roster. And uh, Jeremy here, my awesome producer, says, what is Cabrian Hayes feeling this season? Looking at Cabrian Hayes, honestly – Last season, he was just incredible. 195 WRC plus and 95 plate appearances. He hit some home runs. He's ripping the cover off the ball um, in the spring, which I don't really take too much into account there. But this season, I look at Brian Hayes, and I just think, you know, give him 600 plate appearances, let him play gold glove caliber third base, um, I could see him as, you know, maybe maybe a 280 hitter with 15 to 20 home runs, and he'll be in he'll probably bat second all year long, and um, he'll probably be about a three-win player. The projections have him as about a three-win player, and as a rookie, I mean, one more one more could you ask from him? Um, and he he is the He's the one member of this team right now. He's the first piece of the core. If you look at the Pirates right now, they do have a lot of young players. Um, you know, guys like 
Ryan Reynolds and Kevin Newman and, you know, even, I don't know. Those two are some, some good complimentary pieces of the future. Um, I'm just looking at the depth chart right now. Like I said, there's not a lot. Kevin Newman, like I said, Brian Reynolds. I'm excited to see what um, Anthony Alford has to offer for the Pirates. Just looking at the roster here. Let's let's just go through the whole entire roster right now. At catcher, you know, they have Jacob Stallings. He's not great. He's fine. He's good at uh, defending, you know. He'll help the pitchers out. He'll probably be about a one to two win player. Colin Moran at first base. I mean, he was terrible at third base fielding. But at first base, I, I'm honestly a little uh, intrigued to see what he can do. And, you know, getting getting those at-bats will probably be in a platoon with Todd Frazier, who the Pirates picked up. Uh, they signed him to a minor league contract. That platoon should be pretty fun. Uh, second base, it's, it's Adam Frazier. I think he is going to be traded at some point. But same thing, he's about a two- to three-win player. He's average. He's a complimentary piece. Same thing with Kevin Newman at shortstop. Both of those players have been amazing in the spring. But, um, you know, they are what they are. Hayes is the core guy. He's the guy of the future. He's the third baseman. He's the star. We'll see what he can do this year as a rookie. Looking at uh, Vegas odds, he's actually the favorite to win the NL Rookie of the Year. And then, like I said, when you look at the outfield, you got Brian Reynolds in left. Great in 2019. Um, kind of came out of nowhere in 2019 and was really solid. 2020, he really struggled, was flat out terrible. But like I said before, I'm not really taking 2020 into account that much. Um, I like Anthony Alford. He had a really good week or so last season before uh, getting injured. We'll see if he gets a chance. The whole center field um, race to see who gets to be the Pirates everyday center fielder. It'll be interesting. You got Alfred. You also have, uh, looking here, they signed Brian Goodwin to a minor league deal. He'll probably make the team. Uh, they also have Dustin Fowler, who I don't see him making the team, but he's just another guy. Basically, the Pirates signed a bunch of cast-offs, and uh, they're going to see what sticks. Troy Stokes Jr. is another one of those guys. Um, but the center field battle, I'm excited to see kind of who takes that over and who takes on the everyday center field role. In right field, we have someone pretty special to me, even though he's been largely a disappointment in his whole career. That's Gregory Polanco. 2014, he was called up. I was more excited about him as a prospect than uh, than basically anyone. Um, and he's been he's been bad. He's been injured. Last year he was terrible. Everyone was terrible last year, but uh, he was he was especially terrible. He's healthy now, supposedly. So we'll see what we can get out of a full year of him. Let's look at some questions right here. Joe says, "How many players?" on the projected opening day roster will be starting on the next over 500 Pirates team, over under two and a half? You know, that's a good question. Because on one hand, we don't know when the Pirates will be over 500 again. 
That could be in another 20 years, for all we know. I would like to hope that that's not the case. If the um, if Sherrington does well and uh, develops these players, maybe it's in three years. But just looking at the players, I would say hopefully Mitch Keller is there. We'll get to the pitching here in a little bit. I would say hopefully Hayes is there as well, obviously. Um, maybe Kevin Newman as a complimentary piece. Maybe he's a bench guy moving forward. Maybe that's his uh, destiny as a player on a winning team. Maybe utility guy. Other than that, though, I mean, uh, maybe Brian Reynolds as well. Maybe Brian Reynolds sticks around. So I would say about four at most right now because I'm not sure. That's a good question, though. Jeremy asks, how do you expect Moran to adapt to a full year at first base? He's played first base in the past, and, you know, watching him, I feel like he's been pretty, pretty solid, pretty solid at first. Uh, definitely better at first, better equipped at first than at third. Um, he's never had much range. There's a joke that he's actually kind of a statue there at first base, but, um, you know, I like Moran at first, a big thing for Pirates first baseman that, uh, that's been a problem in the past, especially with Josh Bell is literally just throwing the baseball around the diamond. Josh Bell couldn't throw to second base to save his life with Colin Moran. I feel like he'll be able to handle that throwing the baseball. So, you know, I used to be a big Colin Moran hater. And last season, he kind of showed me something. He hit more home runs. He was actually on close to a 30 home run pace. And um, I just, I think he'll be all right this season. And if he does well enough, they could trade him at the deadline for more prospects. Um, looking at the starting rotation here. This is going to be a pretty big year for Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller is – he's had an interesting career up to this point. He was called up in 2019, and uh, in 2019, his ERA, if you look at it, you would think, yikes, 713, pretty terrible. But if you look closer, he struck out a lot of guys. Um, he didn't walk that much. His FIP – was 3.19 which is less than half of his ERA and he was worth 1.3 F4 so you could say that in 2019 he was one of the most unlucky pitchers probably ever in 48 innings pitched he was extremely unlucky in 2020 though it was kind of the opposite he had a 2.91 ERA so on the surface 2.91 ERA I mean that looks pretty solid the FIP was 6.75, more than double the ERA, almost more than triple, honestly. Well, more than double. The XFIP was 6.57, uh, and the F4 was minus 0.2. He walked more batters than he struck out, and um, he got away with it. Only 21.2 innings. I mean, you, you know, you look in his career, 69.2 innings total. It's It's tough. But I'm interested to see how this season, a full year, what is what does a full year of Mitch Keller look like? I mean, 
looking at the Zips projections, they have him as about a one and a half win pitcher, ERA around four, or uh, ERA around four and a half, actually. Um, I don't know. Right now, he's probably their most talented guy. He's probably the guy with the highest ceiling. I'm very interested to see what he does in his first full season as the Pirates' best starting pitcher, honestly. Looking at the uh, the rest of the starting rotation, you know, you got Chad Cool. You pretty much know what you're getting with Chad Cool. He's decent. Um, I've kind of held hope that he would emerge ever since he was called up in 2016. In, uh, in 2017, he was decent, about a two-win pitcher. Last season, I mean, he was all right in 46 innings pitched. The thing with the Pirates and their starting rotation this year is there is not a lot of depth whatsoever. If you look at the projections, they're obviously near the bottom of the league in almost every aspect. Pitching is uh, also they're near the bottom of the league. But uh, looking at Cool, I mean, we'll see. Stephen Brault, he's another guy. He's actually hurt. He'll probably be he'll probably be out for a few months. So we'll see. They signed Tyler Anderson, innings eater, straight up, left hander, one year deal. If he's good, maybe they flip him at the deadline. JT Brubaker, he pitched last year, kind of like Keller. He's he's a little bit uh, he's pretty intriguing. Last season, in his first taste of big league baseball, pitched 47.1 innings. His ERA was 494, but the FIP was 4.08, and uh, he was worth almost a full win. The intriguing part with him is he struck out 23% of opposing hitters, only walked 8%. If he can get the walks a little bit more down, we'll see. The slider's nice. Um Brubaker's kind of old, older for like a young pitcher. He's already 27 years old, and this will be his first full season. But this is kind of a prove-it year for him to see if he can really stick around and be a big league starting pitcher. Um, looking, looking further though at the rotation, there's just there's just a lot of guys that need to basically prove it to to see whether or not they'll be able to stick around and be major league pitchers. You got Cody Ponce; he's kind of like that. Will Crow, who the Pirates actually got in the Josh Bell trade, is like that. And then the Pirates also signed Trevor Cahill, who he'll kind of be like Tyler Anderson, I believe. He'll be more of an innings eater type guy. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. He still needs to uh, get stretched out. Basically, if you look at the rotation, there's four guys that are just they're locked in. It'll be Keller, Cole, Tyler Anderson, and JT Brubaker. The fifth, the fifth position, we'll see. It could be a number of guys. The thing about baseball is you you usually don't need the fifth starter for a few weeks into the season. There's off days. So they have some time to figure that out. Uh, looking at the bullpen here, I mean – you got Rich Rod, Rich Rodriguez. He is probably going to be the closer, even though manager Derek Shelton says the Pirates really don't have a closer right now. I would imagine that Rich Rod is going to be the guy who gets most of the limited save attempts. Chris Stratton, solid. Uh, Kyle Crick really struggled. 
last year. The velo is down, but looking in spring training stuff wise, the frisbee slider still looks really good. Um, so I'm confident in him. Michael Fleas, eh, Clay Holmes. We'll see if he makes the team. I would imagine he would. Jeff Hartlieb, Sam Howard. These are just, they're just guys. They're not, I mean, they are what they are. They're, they're trying to stay in the major leagues. If you're on the Pirates this year and your name is not Mitch Keller or Brian Hayes, you're basically, or Brian Reynolds, I'll, I'll throw him in there as well. You're just trying to stay in the major leagues. You're trying to be a major league player and you're just trying to prove it. Um, Let's see. Shane here asks, who are some potential sleepers from the Pirates this year for fantasy baseball? Who has the best chance to outperform their current average draft position? You know, I am a fantasy baseball player myself, and uh, it's actually funny. In my draft, I have two Pirates. I have, uh, I have Mitch Keller on my team. We'll see what he can do. Like I said, it's kind of... Uh, Will things go back to normal for him? Will he be lucky? Will he be unlucky? Like I said, uh, his first two seasons and tastes of the majors have been, you know, like I said, lucky or unlucky and then lucky. But I think he'll rack up some strikeouts. So I like him. Uh, Hayes, you can't go wrong with Cabrian Hayes. He's probably... Looking, let me just pull up a list of fantasy third basemen. Um, Brian Hayes, I mean, I would imagine that he is near the bottom of the list in terms of third basemen. Please excuse my uh, typing here. On fantasy pros, let's see. Brian Hayes is 17th. He's in between Jeff McNeil or Jeff McNeil. Apologies, and Gio Urshela. Could he be a top 10 third baseman? Maybe not this year, but, I mean, there's definitely a chance. We'll see. Um, I'm excited to see that, though. If anybody has any comments uh, that they, they'd like to talk about anything Pittsburgh Pirates, just hit that request speaker, and I'll get you on right here onto the stage. Um. Here on Locker Room, you're listening to Talk the Plank, Episode 1, Nathan Hirsch here. Please follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch. I usually follow back. And uh, also Instagram at the same Nathan underscore Hirsch. That's H-U-R-S-H. Will here asks, any value with a Hayes Rookie of the Year bet? What odds would make it good value? Well, looking at the rookie of the year bets um where is the player last i saw i think he is um plus 490 which is the favorite in the national league i'm pulling it up here actually no wow he's plus 300 he's three to one to win rookie of the year I don't really love those odds in terms of value. Do I think he'll win rookie of the year? I mean, if I had to bet, <laughs> I would take him. The other candidates here, you got Sixto Sanchez, starting pitcher on the Marlins, Ian Anderson, starting pitcher on the Braves, Dylan Carlson, who is 
on the uh, Cardinals as I think he's he's an outfielder, I believe. But if I choose between Hayes or Sixto Sanchez, I think it's going to be Hayes. I mean, the thing with Hayes is I think this year among rookies, he has the lowest floor. No matter what, even if he struggles to hit, Hayes enters the league as a top five, at least, maybe top three. He might already be the best fielding third baseman in all of baseball. And, yeah, I know, that might sound crazy. You got Nolan Arenado, who's amazing, who's now a Cardinal. You got uh, Matt Chapman on the A's, who is an amazing third baseman, plays basically shallow left field to uh, extend his range. But Hayes is special. He's so smooth. He makes every play, and um, he can make the exciting play as well. So I think – War-wise, when you look at Hayes, his floor is probably two wins. Even if he even if he struggles to hit, he'll still be an amazing fielding third baseman for basically ever, for as long as he's in the league. So uh, I'm excited to see that. So let's go back to the win total. Pirates over under this year, 58 and a half wins. That's what Vegas has it at. You know, I'm torn on this because on one hand, the division that the Pirates play in really is not that great. You have the Cubs who are on the downtrend. They still have their core of great hitters. They still have, you know, Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, all of them. But their pitching is pretty bad. It's Kyle Hendricks and... A bunch of nothing after, if I'm being honest. So, we'll see with them. The Cardinals, they added Arenado, yes. Flaherty is great at the top of their rotation. Uh, They got Paul Goldschmidt, obviously. I would say right now they're the favorite to win the uh, NL Central. But if you compare the Cardinals to other top teams in other divisions, if you compare the Cardinals to, say, the Padres or the Dodgers or the Braves or the Mets. I just, I don't see it. They're just not that great. They're probably a 90 win team. They're probably a, um, if they were in those other divisions, they'd be a fringe playoff team, but because they're in the NL central, they'll probably win. Same with the Brewers. The Brewers are kind of like the Cardinals. Those are the two, um, you know, Top two teams in the NL Central, which aren't that great. I'm trying to pull up the official odds here on Fandle. Um, looking at the NL Central outright winner. Yeah, okay. Cardinals are even odds, plus 100. Brewers, second, plus 310. Reds, I don't think the Reds are that good. Their pitching's good. Luis Castillo is great. Sonny Gray is pretty good. Uh, they lost Trevor Bauer, obviously. The offense, it's it's fine. It's not that great. Um, once again, put them in the coastal divisions. I just don't see it. Cubs plus 500. I already said their pitching stinks. They might trade Chris Bryant. Who knows? Um, I just don't see it with the Cubs this year. <laughs> and if you look at the Pirates, their odds to win the NL Central are 75 to 1. So, yes, the Pirates do stink this year, but um, 
58 and a half wins. That to me is insanely low for an over under. Like I said, though, it's tough because if the Pirates start out like they did last year, let's just say they start out their 19 and 41. That was their record total in 2020. If they start out 19 and 41, everyone's getting traded. Hayes, or not Hayes, not Hayes. Hayes is not getting traded. Frazier's getting traded. Colin Moran's probably getting traded. Every pitcher not named Mitch Keller would have a chance to get traded. Richard Rodriguez would get traded. They would just clean house even more, which they probably will do anyway at the deadline. But if that happens early on in the season, I mean, you could be looking at the Detroit Tigers a few years ago. I think it was 2019 where they won like 40-something games, and it was insane, insanely bad. So that could happen, but I'd like to be a little more of an optimist with this team. Perhaps perhaps they're a little – they show a little spunk. Perhaps after the first 20 games, you know, instead of being 5-15, and 15, perhaps they're 10-10. and 10. Perhaps at some point they're around 20-20. 20 and 20. At that point, if you took the over, I mean, you're looking pretty good, even if the team stinks the whole way through. If I had to put an official projection, prediction, whatever word you want to use on uh, how the Pirates will finish this season, I would say I'll put them at I'll put them at 60 wins on the dot, 60 and 102. That's my official prediction prediction right now um looking at some prospects that could be called up at some point this season uh i'm excited perhaps cody bolton starting pitcher could be called up he has not pitched above double a but he was on pace um last season you know if the pandemic didn't happen he would have perhaps perhaps had a chance to make his debut um Looking here, I don't think O'Neill Cruz gets called up this year quite yet. Uh, we'll see Miguel Yahir. I'm just going to say straight up, too. Looking at names, um, I'm going to mispronounce many names. Haven't watched that much spring training. Not going to lie to you. Spring training, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's It literally has no <laughs> no indicator on how the year goes. Kevin Newman will not be hitting 700 this season. Who knows if he'll hit 300. Um, but, yeah, Cody Bolton, Miguel Yehur, the uh, starting pitcher, he has pitched in the majors. I'm excited to see what he can do. He was acquired in the Jamison tie-on deal this winter. And um, he's pretty nasty. Right-hander, it's kind of short, but he's he's got some heat on his fastball. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what he can do. Looking at some of these other prospects, um, Jared Oliva, he played a little bit last year. Right now he's ranked as the 19th best prospect, according to Fangraphs, on their uh, official rankings. Will Crow, like I said, he might have a chance to start some games. So we'll see what he can do. Um Joe says, Joe Block thinks Newman is going to hit 700 all year. 
I do love me some Joe Block, but he does tend to be a little optimistic with the Pirates, um, which I commend that. It's very funny. Okay, so we established that Pirates aren't going to be great this year. Um, I want to go back and talk about kind of the perception of the whole season. I kind of mentioned this earlier at the beginning of the pod of how, yes, they're going to stink, but it's a different kind of stink. With the Pirates from 2016 to 2019, there was hopes that they would be good and that they would perhaps make the playoffs. This year, that hope is there. There's absolutely none whatsoever. And I think there's something to be said for that. I mean, like I said, the whole new front office is here. Everything is fresh. It's okay if they're bad. You can watch. You can still have fun watching the games. But you just know. there's, there's It's kind of relaxing, you know. You watch. They're going to be bad. But you know they're going to be bad. There's, there's time. There's time. Maybe next year you raise the expectations a little bit. The year after that, it starts to become put up or shut up time. You would think that is this core the core that's going to get them to the playoffs? The year after that, you may expect them to make the playoffs with the current core or uh, players that are eventually called up. But this year and this year alone, I just, I mean, you don't expect much. It'll be, it'll be fun to watch individual things. It'll be fun to see how Brian Hayes progresses. It'll be fun to see how Mitch Keller progresses. Um, it'll be fun to see if random guys that you didn't expect to be any good at all, who who's going to be good? I mean, I'm excited to see a um, – sorry. We have Joe here. He wants to talk. I was just going to say I'm excited to see the Colin Moran, Todd Frazier – platoon that's pretty sad to be excited about but i'm excited to see joe welcome to talk to plank episode one what do you what do you what do you got for me hey nate uh salutations um salutations yeah um i was curious what you thought about so far we've seen a i think a difference in philosophy between ben charrington and neil huntington with uh the players they've targeted in uh in trades um charrington's kind of grabbed um, some some very young prospects. Um, and I, I kind of agree with that early on in the in the rebuild. But um, in your opinion, what, do you think that's uh, kind of the way to go? It, it obviously puts more pressure on the player development system to uh, kind of turn those guys into something. And do you, as they hopefully in a few years um, become a better ball club at the major league level, would you want that philosophy to change at all with the type of prospects you might target in, in a trade? Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I love that Sherrington in his trades this off season has kind of, he's kind of gone with the lottery ticket prospects, the guys that have not played above high a ball. Um, they're all, you know, teenagers basically, or like 21 or younger. It's it's an interesting philosophy for sure because it does. It puts a lot of stress on the Pirates 
revamped player development to, you know, make these players good and uh, make them progress through the minors. And it is, it's kind of, it's kind of quantity of younger guys over, you know, like you said, Neil Huntington, when he traded for prospects, these guys were already in triple a, a lot of the time they were already fresh or they were already, you know, close to the majors. You look at the Jason Bay trade. They traded for Brandon Moss. He was ready to uh, make the majors. Andy LaRoche, he was close to the majors. But, yeah, guys they traded for this offseason, we're probably not going to see for two to three years. And I do like that. It gives the Pirates a chance to, you know, basically, basically make these players their own. And – shape them the way that they want to shape them and we'll see if it works out and moving forward if some of these guys come up and they pan up pan out and um you know are good and the pirates trade for other prospects in the future maybe to help them it it will be interesting to see if they go for more major league ready guys and whatnot but as far as as far as the um the offseason trades this winter, yeah. I like that they took some took some swings for the fences for some guys with high upside and probably low floors too. A lot of these guys will not work out. But, I mean, basically when you're a small market team like the Pirates with one of the cheapest owners in all sports who um, – really won't bring in free agents. The biggest free agent signing of the Pirates' whole entire history is Francisco Liriano, three years, $39 million. The biggest outside free agent signing was Russell Martin, two years, $17 million. Whenever that's the case and you have to develop players, you can't, you can't miss. You got to put together a deep, deep farm system. You have to build from within – and uh, you need some of these guys to pan out. It, it is interesting, though. I mean, they're young. And just this offseason, it seems that Sherrington has um, Sherrington has traded for younger guys and a lot of younger guys. It'll be interesting to see who pans out. We got Shane right here who wants to hop on. Shane. Shane, what's up, Shane? What's up, yo? How's it going? <laughs> Life's good. Life's good. Love the pod, to man. talk to Plank. Thank you. Of course. Love the name, too. Um, I guess my question is, I know you were kind of getting into it a little bit. Um, you know, you expect that win number to be on the lower end, to put it nicely. Um, my question <laughs> is, at the end of the year, what would you look at to say, like, hey, this was a successful year? Like, obviously, playoffs might be out of reach, but at the end of the year, when all said and done, like, what's going to make you – uh, you know, excited for the future, or just look back at the season and say, hey, this was a really successful year? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, honestly, in a year like this, I just look for progression of players. Um, I look to see, like, who who really stood out. Like, if Cabrian Hayes is good and he wins Rookie of the Year, that's a win for the Pirates. If if someone else comes up and, um, you know, shows out unex- unexpectedly, that is a win for the Pirates. Win-wise, I don't really care. If they go, you know, 50 and 
whatever. If they win 50 games, it's not the end of the world. But yeah, no, just individual uh, progression for individual players, I feel like is going to be huge this season just to kind of see what they got. Um, and it'll also be good to, you know, weed out the losers of, of the, of the team. There's going to be some guys that don't make it either. So, um, also I would see it as a win if some of the veterans that they brought on, like Todd Frazier, like Tyler Anderson, like Trevor Cahill, if they can kind of produce a little bit and get traded at the deadline, um, that would be a win for the Pirates too, to just keep keep on enriching the farm system, uh, keep on adding talent to the pool. That would be huge as well. And um, yeah, I mean, there's there's individual things to to get excited about, and on the day to day, it'll just be fun to see kind of what players are able to do and what players aren't able to do. Um, I said 2020 for the Pirates was basically a glorified spring training. 2021 is kind of be, it's kind of going to be the same as well. I mean, it's just basically what players will stick around to be on the next winning Pittsburgh Pirates team. And um, looking at the roster, hopefully, hopefully guys step up. And that that'll be that'll be that. I mean, it'll be fun to see. Um, anybody else? Please speak up. We're here on Locker Room, the Locker Room app. I didn't even know what the Locker Room app was a week and a half ago, and I've been kind of looking around, and it's it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun to interact with people and look at the uh, comments and whatnot. But thanks for joining in. Uh, here we go. Will, although you said you really don't care about win number, but what really is a number you'd real realistically like to see? Um, honestly, I would consider it a win for the Pirates if they won somewhere near. If they won 70 games, I would be ecstatic, to be honest. If they won 70 games, that would be great. If they won 65, I'd be pretty happy. Um, I'd say 65 would be a good optimistic number. If you if you really care about win total, um, that would be that'd be a good number to shoot for. But like I said, if they win 44 games, so be it. I mean, it is what it is. I wouldn't be too mad, to be honest. Um, so, yeah. The Pirates are... They're not good, but it's okay. It's okay that they're not good. This is the, this is the relaxed, not relaxed, but this is the just kind of feeling your way through a year. So anything good is good. Anything negative. I mean, it's, it's not the end of the world. Here we go. Nate asks, is this the end of Cole Tucker? If he doesn't hit well in the minors and we have a picture of Vanessa Hutchins who as we all know, is dating Cole Tucker. So, yeah, Cole Tucker was optioned to Triple A. He's a shortstop. He was the 2014 first-round pick of the Pirates. Um, 
it's it's tough for Cole Tucker. Cole Tucker, you know, he's athletic. He can play multiple positions. Uh, shortstop, obviously, first. He showed last year in the outfield. I mean, the defensive metrics for him in the outfield last year weren't great, but he showed me some things to where there's there's definitely some potential that he could be a decent outfielder. I think his destiny as a major league player would be, at this point, a utility guy to play anywhere on the infield, anywhere in the outfield. Uh, but, yeah, no, if he if he doesn't hit, I mean, yeah, it's over. That's the thing. In the major leagues, if you can't hit, like, you're just, you're just done. Looking at his career numbers, he only – I will say this. He does only have – 200 and let's see here. I'm looking at baseball reference. He has 275 career plate appearances. So not even a half season's worth. That said, his career slash line, he's batting 215, 260 on base, 324 slugging with three career home runs. It's not going to cut it. He's 24 years old now. He still has time. I would say that if Cole Tucker could just be an average hitter in the majors, he'd be a very productive player. He'd probably be like a two-win player just because he's fast. He has the tools. He has every tool that you need. He has a strong arm. He's got the glove. Uh, Like I said, he's rangy in any position he plays. If he could just hit a little bit, I think he'd be all right. But um, I think it's good, though, that – Tucker will be getting at bats in AAA to start the year. Get him the everyday at bats. You know, you don't want him, I don't think. If he's not going to start in the majors, I don't want him rotting away on a major league bench, pinch running, being a defensive replacement, yada, yada, yada. I want him to get everyday at bats, and he's going to get that in AAA. We're going to go back here to Joe. He wants to talk again. Joe, what do you got for me? Hey, uh, so you, you kind of talked about part of success might be uh, some of the older guys uh, performing well and, and maybe being able to deal them um, at, at the deadline. But I, I was wondering what your thoughts are um, with a team that obviously had some pretty bad clubhouse issues in the recent past. Do you think yeah. there's any merit to maybe uh, looking at keeping around um, an older uh, player, even if they're performing well and you could get value um, to just kind of establish the culture and, you know, bring along these guys that, that come up and show them, hopefully maybe there's a, a quote unquote pirate way. Um, would there be any merit to that? Maybe uh, I'm thinking maybe a Stephen Brault or, or Kyle Crick, um, any guys there that, that maybe it's just worth having to, um, you know, even if they're not uh, on the timeline, having there to, to be, you know, establishing a, a culture. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, that's a good question. I guess to answer, I mean, if you look at it, the Pirates did bring in a decent amount of veteran players, and they're not all going to work out. So maybe none of them work out, to be honest, and maybe none of them have any trade value whatsoever. So, I mean, I guess the question is, if, if there's a veteran player, let's say Todd Frazier comes in, and he's he hits 10 home runs before the All-Star break, and he's mashing lefties, and he's slugging, you know, around 500 or so. 
and he's just hitting the crap out of the ball. And there's real value for another team to trade for him. Yeah, I'm definitely trading him to get any kind of lottery ticket uh, prospect. Definitely going to do that. But yeah, no, if, if someone is decent, you could maybe get a prospect for them. Maybe not. I'm not. Yeah. Keep them around. I think there is definitely something to be said for keeping an older player in to kind of uh, steer the young guys. I'm, I'm definitely a believer that uh, that kind of gets overlooked in baseball because it is all about analytics. But, yeah, as a Pirates fan, you could definitely tell that in the past that was uh, kind of an issue, the chemistry in the clubhouse. And to keep keep someone keep someone around to keep it all together, I'm definitely for that. Unless, of course, they're just – their value is is more than anything you would have ever expected. Then you trade them. But, yeah, no, I, that's, that's a good question for sure. Um, thank you, Joe. Anybody else, please chime in. This is Talk the Plank on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. Nathan Hirsch here. Happy to be potting here right now. Um just going to see what else, what else can we do to uh, closing thoughts here? We're about, we're almost an hour in 48 minutes in. This has been fun. Um, but yeah. So end of the day, pirates are meh. They're not going to be great, but there are some things to be excited about. The prospects are deep. Um, the thing with prospects too, is if you look at rankings, I, I um, you can't really trust them. After 2020, teams only had prospects performing at their own personal camps. I guess that is one thing to watch. One thing to watch in 2021 is to see what teams' prospects do, basically, because it's been a full year without minor league baseball. Minors were canceled, obviously, last year, and Triple-A, I believe, starts in May this year. But the prospect rankings, I believe, are really going to shift around. And we're we're going to get a much better idea of how well, I guess, Sherrington did with his trades. Um, I'm definitely optimistic, like I said, about said trades. But I'm very excited to see how some of these guys perform in the minor leagues, you know, guys like we'll see if O'Neill Cruz can uh, make the jump to triple a. We'll see what Nick Gonzalez, who I'm very excited for. We'll see what he can do in minor league baseball in general. We'll see if uh, Quinn Priester, who I mentioned earlier, who a lot of the data shows made a huge jump in progression, progressing this, uh, this past offseason. Let's see what he does on the mound against competition. Um, some of the new guys. We saw in spring training the other day, Ronzi Contreras, who was picked up in the tie-on trade, he was hitting triple digits, and his stuff looked absolutely nasty. Can Mason Martin continue to just hit dingers um, going into double-A? Lots of guys. There's lots of guys, and 
I'm definitely excited to see. Tanaj Thomas, he's another pitcher who has not pitched above uh, rookie ball. Can he make the jump? A lot of guys. The, uh, the farm system is it's pretty deep. It's pretty deep. I'm pretty excited. Um, I'm more excited, honestly, about this is pretty sad as a Pirates fan. It's pretty classic, too. I'm excited to see what the prospects can do. A lot of Pirates fans, they hear the word prospects and they they get disgusted because the the classic Pirates thing is, why do you trade all your good players for prospects? Well, let's try to uh, deal with that for a few more years. Prospects are good, and it's going to be fun to see which prospects work out. Um, so we'll see. Travis Swaggerty, another guy. Brennan Malone, who was... He was in the Starling Marte trade. A lot of good guys. Hudson Head, Joe Musgrove trade, outfielder. He's kind of like a rangy center fielder with a quick bat. Who's going to emerge? Who's going to emerge to the top of the rankings? And who is going to basically be the faces of the next Pirates winning team? Hopefully sooner rather than later. Very exciting. I'm excited to see. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see. But yeah, the, the team this year, who knows? Who knows if Adam Frazier can hit 400? I'm just kidding. Who knows if he can hit 300, though? That'd be fun. Philip Evans, he kind of had a nasty injury last year. We'll see what he can do. Also, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what a full year of Derek Shelton looks like. The manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates. With Clint Hurdle, um, there was the old hurdled expression, which Pirates fans used when they, when they saw something he did that they didn't like. It was funny, but I... I enjoy Derek Sheldon. I, I believe he brings a certain energy to the club. He's a young guy himself for a manager. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he interacts with this young team and helps them kind of uh, reach their fullest potentials. So uh, I'm excited to see what he does. I don't know if I sound like an optimist or a pessimist. I feel like I've said excited a decent amount of times this podcast while also crapping on what this team's going to look like. But I don't know. It'll be fun. Sorry, that was my chair squeaking. But um, I think this would be a good time to wrap things up. The first episode of Talk the Plank here on SB Nations, Bucks Dugout. Um, I enjoy talking to all of you. The plan for the future of the podcast is to record a few times a week, probably twice a week or so, preview series, maybe get, get some guests from other teams to talk about their teams and whatnot. And uh, it might be a long year. It might be a hard year for the Pirates, but... uh. We'll at least try to make it a little bit fun here talking about the team. I'm Nathan Hirsch. Follow me on on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch. 
I'm just looking at the comments here. Will says, get Robbie on. I assume he's talking about Robbie Ismikowski. The um, the uh, awesome Pirates sideline guy. Sorry. I'm just laughing here. I got something in my throat, too. But um, thanks for listening. Follow me on Twitter. Follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter as well. We got some great articles coming out. We got season previews coming out. I'll have the starting pitcher season preview out probably. It'll be out by the time you listen to this. So uh, check that out. We'll have all of the positions covered. Everything Pirates will have covered. And um, I don't know. Season previews are always kind of weird because you don't know what's going to happen. I'm just – I'm excited to watch games, just like Joe says here. Can't can't wait for the games. I'm excited to watch, too. Even even if there's some laughers, even if the Pirates do lose more than 100 games, I'll be watching them. <laughs> I will be watching them. So uh, thank you to everyone who listened. Thank you also to Jeremy, awesome producer. He really got this thing going, got it off the ground. And, um, yeah. I'll talk to you next time, probably sometime next week, maybe the week after I'll be on vacation next week, but uh, I'll be back and uh, we'll be talking buckos here on talk the plank. Thank you. Have, have a good day.